Proverbs is actually very appropriate to enter into our lesson. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean upon your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He will direct your path. After verse 5, He gives us some specifics as to how we should live our lives every day to show that we trust in the Lord. It's easy to say, Lord, I believe in you. Then act like, you know, think like, speak like, and act like we do not believe in Him. The little phrase I <clears throat> reminded you of this morning, I can't hear you, your words, because your actions are so loud, it's deafening. Can't hear what you're saying. Lord, I love you. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I believe in you. And then we go about our daily lives living the exact opposite of that. Only trusting what we can see. Only believing in what we can see. When the scriptures tell us that if we're going to be in Christ, following Christ, we walk not by sight, but by how? By faith. Faithful walk by faith and not by sight. I would like to go ahead and read Psalm, one, uh, Psalm 121, and then we'll enter into our lesson from that door. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your feet to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going in, your going out and your coming in. From this time forth, even forevermore. So this afternoon, for the few minutes we have, I want to talk about the Lord again, the Lord Jesus Christ from this morning. He is our hope. Our hope in times of trouble. And indeed, He is the only hope for the world in our times of trouble. When we reach out to Him, He will be there always to rescue us. But God in His Son Jesus Christ will not Deliver those who reject the deliverer. I've had, you know, when the children, my children were young, you know, let me help you with that. No, Daddy. I can do it. And so what do we as good dads or good mothers do? We step back and we watch as our little ones struggle and struggle and struggle trying to do 
what it is that they don't have the capacity to do, at least yet. And we maybe again we say, honey, can mother help you with that? Can daddy help you with that? No. I can do it. Until a point in time where their frustration overcomes them. And they look to us then as daddies or mothers or grandparents or friends and say, I just can't do it. And the whole time we've, we've been waiting for them to say, can you help me? And God is waiting on our world, His world, to cry out to Him once again. I will look to the hills. That's to heaven. Look up, forward. That's where my help comes from. So let's look at the descriptions from Psalm 21 that the psalmist gives us as to who our Savior is and what He wants to do for us individually or as, as a family or as a congregation or as a nation in His world. The Lord is my help. It says He has made heaven and earth. So the creator of the universe who created heaven and earth says to us, I'm your helper. Call to me. I'll answer you from this morning. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I'm here. I'm here to help you. Will we listen? Will we call to Him? Lord, I need you. Lord, help me. Help me to see. Help me to understand. Guide my footsteps. Help me to make the right choices. I mean, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 11, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. Don't get Jesus wrong. This, this, these commands... He's not saying it's all about you. Don't read His commands, asking it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened to you. Don't think that it's all about you. I'm asking and I'm seeking and I'm knocking. Where is it? Because I'm doing it. And then when we do receive and we do find and it is open to us, we think, boy, I'm good. We've got the wrong perspective. We're not understanding the way we should. When we ask, we're asking our helper to help us. And then when we ask and we receive, we don't take the credit. We give the credit to whom the credit is due. Thank you, Lord. I have asked you, my helper, and you have sent help. Thank you, God. I have sought. At your bidding, O oh Lord, I have sought. You, you, my helper, have said, Seek after me. Seek after what you might be searching for. Search. 
And then when we find what we're searching for, we give credit where credit is due. Oh, Lord, I knew you would be there for me. I knew you would guide the footsteps of my feet. I knew that if I trusted you with all my heart and that I didn't lean on my own understanding, I knew that you would direct my steps as I'm seeking you, as I'm seeking the way, as I'm seeking where I can serve, if I, I'm seeking whatever it is I'm seeking, I knew you would give it to me. I knew I would find it because you're my helper. Lord, I'm knocking on these doors. And I know according to what you say. And then the door opens. We don't take the credit for, well, boy, I'm glad I knocked on that door. I am good. No, the, the Lord opens the door of opportunity for us. We, we give credit, glory, thanksgiving, grace, where it's due. Thank you, Lord. I knew you would help me. It's all about Him. He answers when I ask. He delivers when I seek. He opens when I knock. Thank you, Lord. You're my helper. I knew you'd be there to help me. I trust you. Secondly, the Lord is my keeper. I don't sleep, he would say, and did say in Psalm 121. The Lord will not sleep nor slumber. It's all right. I got this, he would say. The Lord will keep me away from evil. He will keep me in the hour of temptation. He will keep me in the hour of testing. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34, Jesus, Sermon on the Mount, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, or about your body, what you'll wear, what you'll put on. Don't worry about that. I'm going to take care of you. That's a, just another way of saying I'm going to keep you. I'm going to keep you up. I'm going to take care of your needs. I'm going to keep you. I often remember a little picture of Jesus, and maybe you'll remember it too. Mother had a book that she would read us at night sometimes. It was an old book. I don't, I hope, she may still have it. I'm, I'm bit meant to ask her, and I will, if she still got this book she used to read to us. But I remember the picture on the front of the book, an old blue book, one of those old ones. It had a picture of Jesus. Now, I know we don't know what Jesus looks like other than what the Scripture tells us in Isaiah 53, how he was not any different than anybody else in his time. He was not more beautiful than anybody else. He was not taller than anybody else. But boy, when he spoke, you knew it was something different. But this was a picture of Jesus like someone had portrayed him, you know. And Jesus is holding a little lamb like you would hold a puppy. You know how you, you get a little puppy or your little dog, if you've ever, and you know, and you hold it kind of with the legs or between your fingers. And, and there's this look on Jesus' face of serenity, calmness, peace, contentment, strength. 
There's this look on his face that a little boy looks at and remembers. But then there's a look on the little sheep, the little lamb's face. The little lamb has one of its feet bent and one of them kind of hanging over Jesus' fingers. And the lamb has just had its head up and its little eyes looking forward and it's clean and you could tell it's healthy, well taken care of. And there in the arms of Jesus, protected. The Lord keeps us. Keep, to keep is to protect, to provide for, to love, to forgive, to clean, to wash. The Lord is my keeper. Don't worry about what you'll eat or drink or what you'll wear. The Lord knows you need these things. He's going to take care of us. He'll keep you and me. Why would we worry? I didn't see that little lamb worried. You've, you've heard me before. You know, when, you're, when your daddy says, uh, go get in the truck. Well, daddy, do you have enough money? You don't need to know that. Do we, is, are the tires okay? Do we need to check the tires? You don't need to know that. Do we have enough fuel? You don't need to know that. Where are we going? You don't even know to, need to know that. The only thing you need to know is do what I ask you to do and get in the truck. And so as children, we know that our parents will take care of us. They'll keep us, protect us, and provide for us and love us. My grandchildren, they know when they're with their pop-pop, they don't need any money. Every once in a while, you know, I'll you know, say to them, now, I, let the kids come with me. And my daughter will say, well, Dad, here. She opens her purse. I said, you don't need to give me any money. If my grandchildren are with me, they don't need money and your money is no good. And of course, my daughter starts giving me orders. Now, Daddy, just because you go into Walmart doesn't mean you need to spend a lot for the kids. I said, you let me worry about that. The Lord is my keeper. When I'm with Him, I don't have to worry about it. Now, wait a minute. What if, what, let's suppose I'm not with the Lord. I'm not right with the Lord. I'm away from the Lord because of my sin then I need to worry. There's a lot to worry about. When I'm away from my protector, there's a lot of wolves out there, like that red fox this morning, that got another squirrel. Ann said she saw it, and I think Linda saw it behind the building. Let me tell you, when you're, when you're not with the protector, with the keeper, you need to be anxious. But you see, there's no anxiety with that little lamb in the, in the arms of the Savior. In the same way with us. Number three. The Lord is my shade. The shade of my right hand. A couple of weeks ago, Cindy and I were in Arkansas, and we got to see three soccer games. And that particular Saturday, it was 98 degrees. And on a soccer field, the city soccer field, there are no trees. Well, I had the two chairs, 
my daughter had brought us two extra chairs, so we were sitting in these two chairs. But I have to look down the line, and there was a, a set of parents. There were a set of parents down there that had these different kinds of chairs. Their chairs, nice chairs, just like ours, except they had this thing on the back of them that comes up over their head. And I, I leaned over there, and I looked up at that 98-degree sun, and I leaned over them, and I went, I'm going to get me two of those chairs. And it's the kind, you know, where you can pull the shade down, you know, if it's cloudy and you want to breeze blow. But if that sun is up, you just pull that shade back over you, and it shades you. You got a full range of, of view. And so, you know what I did between soccer games. I said, I know where to get two of those chairs. So I took off over there, and I bought two chairs. Gave more than I wanted to. You know, you don't, you wouldn't think that shade would cost an extra $25. But you know, you get what you pay for. And so I brought two chairs out there just like theirs, you know, at the next soccer game. Set them down for Cindy and I. We pull that shade up. And let me tell you, it's unbelievable. I'll bet it was 10 degrees cooler underneath that shade then out in the direct sun. Then the breeze would blow in, and you could feel that. It would kind of catch it a little bit. Like, yeah, this is the way to go. The Lord is the shade at your right hand. You're walking beside the Lord. He puts his arm around you. Puts his arm around to help you, to protect you, to love you, to say to you, I'm right here. In Matthew chapter 7, 24, Jesus here, as he's ending the Sermon on the Mount, says, whoever hears my teaching, hears what I'm saying, and does what I'm saying, what will I liken, what shall I liken him to? Hmm. I will liken him to a wise man. I'll compare him to a person who's wise. The storms come. It's like wisdom, like building a house. Jesus using his beautiful way of illustrating his lesson. It's like a person building a house who builds the house on a solid foundation, on the rock. And when the sun comes out, and the he didn't say sun. He said rains, wind, and uh, floods. But you know, it could be sun too. That sun can get hot. He's saying, I'm building your house on a sure foundation is a protection against the storms of life. Here in, in Psalm 121, he said, when the when the sun shines hot down, you get frustrated, disappointed, discouraged, depressed, down and out, because it seems like you know that everything's just pressing in on you. I'm going to be your protector. I'm going to be your shade to protect you from that sun, to protect you from whatever it is that's maybe not the rain and not the floods and not the wind, but it could be that too. 
but a person who, doesn't, who hears what I'm saying and then just goes on and doesn't do what I'm asking him to do. Oh, how foolish, he said. It's like a person building a house or building their lives on, without a foundation on the sand. And then when the storms of life come, you can't take it. The sun will just wither you right down. The floods will drown you. The wind will blow you away. Psalm 1 sounds like the chaff. That blow, that the, it's like the ungodly, the chaff that the wind blows away. The Lord is my shade. The Lord is my shade. Number four, the Lord preserves me. The Lord preserves me. He's my preserver. We call a life jacket sometimes a life preserver. I've heard that. Not, not too, uh, not too, you know, not lately, but before. A life preserver, a life jacket, a life vest. And not too long ago, you probably heard about one of those duck boats. A storm came. There were life preservers on the boat for everyone. And from what I understand in the news, the captain said, oh, there's life preservers over there, but you won't need them. No. It's like us leaving in the morning and saying to Jesus, I appreciate you being my Savior, my preserver, the one who preserves me. But I don't think I'm going to need you today. I've got it all planned out, Jesus. At 9 o'clock, I'm going to do this. At 11 o'clock, I'm going to do this. At 2 o'clock, I'm going to do this. At 4 o'clock, I'm going to do this. And about 5 o'clock, I'll be coming into the house. I don't want you to wear yourself out, Lord. I've got it today. That's almost like a ship's captain say, yeah, the storm's rolling. And we're out in the middle of what was it, 40 or 50 feet deep water? And the waves are coming into the boat, but don't worry about it. We've left our life preserver. We, no, we don't do that. We take him with us. He protects me from whatever evil is lurking. Friday night, we are talking about the red fox a few minutes ago, and most of you haven't seen him. Or her, I don't know. I didn't get close enough to see. Uh, but Friday night, when I left activity night, I walked across over, went behind my house, went out into the backyard, was going to let Max out for a little while. I looked in the middle of my backyard was the red fox lying down in the middle of the grass. At first, I, I didn't know, I thought it may be a bunny or whatever, but it was too red. And so I, I went with my phone, and you know how I, I took it off my little uh, clip, and when I took it off the clip, it, it just went click. And that's all it took. The fox stood up and looked at me, and I was totally quiet, uh, totally still. But it was not, not still enough, and took off. 
Now, I wonder why he was waiting stealthily, slyly, hunkered down in the grass. You think he was just like sunbathing? Or enjoying the grass that Lee does such a great job cutting? You know, taking the view. You know what he was doing? He's waiting for a squirrel or a rabbit or a kitty cat. Well, he's not waiting on me. I got Max with me. He won't mess with Max now. They've had it, they've had it kind of out one time. And uh, the fox is faster. That's the only thing that saved him. He's stealthy, sly, invisible. And he will wait forever for the chance. And you don't know when the enemy, the evil, is lurking about. Sometimes the devil is roaming about like a roaring lion. But sometimes he's not a lion at all. He's just something like a quiet, sly, motionless fox. Or like the beast he was in the Garden of Eden. Beautiful and tempting. And speaking in such a way, oh, what a salesman. Lord, we need you to preserve us from evil. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, beginning, we just finished a study of the Beatitudes. Blessed, happy, worthy, well-off are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, we just studied all the different Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. Don't we want to be blessed? Don't you want to be well off? Don't you want to be happy? Well, how to do it is to put on your preserver. Put on your Jesus. Put on your Christ and wear Him. The helmet of your salvation, the breastplate of His righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes, the gospel of peace, the preparation of the gospel of peace, the sword of the Spirit, the shield of faith. We put on Jesus. We put on our preserver when we confess Him, when we put away our sins in repentance, when we're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, when we rise up out of the waters of baptism to walk as a new creation in newness of life, having put on Christ, then we wear Him who preserves us from evil, preserves us in the times of temptation where there's a way out, there's a way to escape for all of us if we're asking, if we're seeking, if we're knocking for that way. It'll be there. Finally, the Lord, of course, is our Savior. What does a Savior do? Ooh, you're good. We have some highly intelligent members, Christian brothers and sisters at Watterson Trail. 
What does a Savior do? A Savior saves. And Jesus is the only one. No one will be saved unless it's by and through Him. There is no other way. Either Jesus, and this is what it comes down to, either Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one coming to the Father except by, by Him, or Jesus isn't hard, but not hard. Either He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father by, but by Him, or He isn't the way, the truth, and the life, and you could get to the Father in any way other than Him. Either He is the Savior, or He isn't the Savior. And that's something you and I will determine in our own hearts, in our own lives. I can't decide for you or anyone but me whether He is the Savior or isn't the Savior. If I decide for me that He is the Savior, then He is the Savior. If I decide He isn't the Savior, He's still the Savior. You might say, oh no, Brother Mickey, now you're wrong. If I decide He isn't the Savior, then He isn't. Oh no. You don't decide that. He's the Savior whether He is to you or isn't to you. But then He still asks us, you got to decide. Now our decision doesn't change the truth. But it certainly changes our eternal destiny. The choices that we make. In John th chapter 3 verse 16 and 17, Jesus said, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. God, the Father, sent Himself in Jesus, the Savior, to say, to seek and save all of us. May we remember, may we never forget that we have help if we want it. He's right there. God said in Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, My hand is not short, too short, that I cannot save. He said, my ear's not deaf that I can't hear. Then what's the problem? It's sin, iniquity. What we have chosen that's in opposition to God. Your sins, your iniquities have separated between you and God 
Your sins, your iniquities have hidden his face from you so that he will not, not cannot, will not hear or help. Now he'll help us when we come to him first things first. Lord, I want to, I want to continue in my sin, but I want you to help me with my bills. Blah, 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 blah. Lord, I want to continue doing what I'm doing in opposition to you. But, but Lord, I want to have good children that respect me and love me and obey me. Lord, I want to continue to live a sinful lifestyle but I want to have a good relationship with my parents. Blah, blah, blah. Lord, I repent of my sins. I confess my sins before you. If I'm not a Christian, I'm going to seek counsel on what I need to do, the choices I need to make. If I've not put my faith in Jesus, that's what I'm going to do. If I've not confessed Him before men, I'm going to confess Him before men. If I've not repented of my sins, I'm going to repent of my sins. If I've never been baptized in that one baptism that Paul writes in Ephesians about, I'm going to be baptized in, by, by the authority of God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to rise up out of those waters to walk in newness of life. If as a Christian... I have not lived my life the way I should. I'm going to confess that sin to God. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, If I confess my sin, He is faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I'm going to confess my sin before God. And now, what can I do for you, son? Lord, I need some help over here with my bills. Help's on the way. Lord, I need my... My family is not the way it should. Help's on the way. It's a pattern that I, that I choose in my own life. But the Lord, He's here. Matter of fact, is there anywhere He isn't? Even in the darkest places that we've been or could go? He's just right there saying, I'm right here. Seek me. Acknowledge me. Love me. I've sent Jesus for you to save you. Let him. Whatever your need might be, you can come as we stand together and as we sing.